Hey guys, it's Tal, and this is Den Talks, a podcast where you find inspiration through someone else's journey. Today's guest is Alyssa Goodman, one of LA's premier cleanse experts and top holistic nutritionists. She was shockingly diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma at the young age of 32, a disease her husband would also be diagnosed with and unfortunately would pass away from years later. After she struggled with the effects of chemo and radiation on her body, she decided to take her health into her own hands, and she turned to the power of nutrition and self-love to heal. She has a lot to teach us. She's now cancer-free, a certified holistic nutritionist, author of the book Cancer Hacks, and if you live in LA, she's designed probably most of the cleanses you've heard of. Alyssa's going to give us a snapshot of her daily menu, her routine. She's also going to share advice on how you can turn inward and listen to yourself, and she's going to reveal how the darkest moments in her life inspired her to be who she is today. You guys, it was dark. I mean, she was left with nothing and kids and had to figure out how to survive and decided to go back to school. I mean, she is a strong, strong woman. And then on the fun side, she's also going to tell us a few of the easy must-haves that are going to change your health without much to do on your part. So stay tuned also till the end of the podcast for Alyssa's personal practice, where she's going to share an inspirational quote and a mantra that's going to take you through your day. So you do a lot. How do you define yourself? Oh my God. Just like listening to that is like, Oh, no, it feels so amazing because um, I think that, you know, growing up, I was, uh, my parents were very successful and very fast paced. And, you know, I never thought I could keep up and I never thought I could, you know, really be a success. Um, for myself, I was rating it with what their success, but now that hearing that I do, it does feel really good because it's like, I got to reinvent myself at a later age in my life and I got to do exactly what I wanted to do. But most of my life I was doing something I didn't want to do that stressed me out, that didn't make me healthy in the advertising marketing business. Oh, you were in advertising. I was. What were you, what did your parents do? They were in the advertising marketing business. So I followed in their footsteps. Isn't it like funny how when you're do. younger, you just don't. No, I don't. I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to be successful because they were successful. Um, were you I, a hard worker in general, was, like in school and stuff? Yes. Yeah. Because of them as well. And so that put a lot of pressure. I had always had pressure on myself. Me too. But it's funny you said that because for me growing up, my parents were doctors. And I remember trying to like do research on what advertising marketing was because I'm like, <laughs> that seems interesting, but I don't even know. And I love for you. You're like, that's all I know. I don't right. know the other things. That was it's, it. You just know what's put in front of you. Yeah. It seemed easy because it was sort of an entree and he was well known in the business. So it was an entree for me to get in and just start working and figure out what I wanted to did do. Did you enjoy it at all? I did. I did enjoy sales because I love people, right. but I didn't really always love getting up in front of people and making a presentation. I wasn't so, I was a very shy person. So it's so funny. You don't strike me as I shy. Know. That is, I know say, people say that today, but I was, I'm super introverted and shy still. I mean, my best place to be is just alone and hanging out with myself and really, yeah. It's, like what's your favorite thing to do? I, I mean, I love doing yoga um, by myself, you know, just hanging out with my Would own Would you prefer self. yoga solo at home versus going to a class? No, I can go to, I love going to a class and like just doing my thing or I love hiking by myself or walking. I love, the best thing in the world is when I, I do love to travel. So when I travel, I roam the streets of places or cities. Yep. And that is heaven. 
Me too. It's funny because people, I love to travel by myself. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, I just wander. It's yeah. just fun to just walk. And I also say too, I get to read, I sit at a cafe and read a book and watch people for hours. It's yeah. like one of my favorite things people to do. Watching. Listen, because you hear the sounds of the place and the smells and you kind of really get a sense of like how people interact because it's different everywhere you go. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things too. Why do you think that is? I don't, that is so interesting. I don't know. I mean, I always, I think growing up, I was always around people. My parents were extremely social, parties all the time. Oh. I know. So I think that it just, I never had that time to really like reflect and be alone. And I think it was just in my DNA. Do you still have your parents? I do. They're so, still alive. So what do they think of your shift? Like, did they understand they're it? They're not was, so sure about it. Still, they're still not <laughs> yeah, so sure about yeah. it. That's interesting. I know. With they, all your success. They, um, you know, they define success in different ways. So they define success with making a lot of money. You know, this business is, I love it because I get to help people. That's my defined definition of success. But you don't make a ton of money doing being a nutritionist at this stage in my life, you know, and doing what I'm doing. You have and so I, many other things going on, I too. I do. And I feel and like I, you've been really smart about how to monetize some yeah. things, too. I'm very happy with where I'm at, and I don't want to be a celebrity in the business. I mean, I really just want to heartfully give back to people and make them feel like they can change their life. You know, they could get better. They don't have to live with all these, like, ailments or they, these drugs that they're taking. So, I mean, if I can give people hope that they can change like I did because I was sick my entire life. I know. I can't wait. I mean, I'm not excited to talk about it, yeah, but I am excited right. to hear from you because I think it's it's so important for people. Basically, you change your definition about how to live, period. So let's, let's go back a little bit. So you were successful. You were working in the advertising marketing business, and then you got sick pretty young. I did at 32. I mean, that's young. Right. But I was sick when I came out of the womb. I had chicken pox. I had low... Like, when you came out of the womb, you had chicken I, pox? Well, I got chicken pox as a kid. I got every illness. I had digestive issues, respiratory issues. I mean, I had mono. I had strep. I had tonsillitis. I had a low red blood cell count when I, when I was really young, and I had to get blood shots like every 28 days wow. for like years. I mean, there was a lot... I mean, every time I stayed out late, I was sick the next day. Really? So I was labeled the sick kid. So like in your family, do you have siblings? I have an older brother. So like in your family, you were the sick I one. was the sick kid. But I also, interestingly, I think as I got older, I realized my mom would kind of chill and spend time with me when I was sick. So I think there was ah. two things going on there. Psych well, psychological. I think, um, my immunity wasn't great, but I think that my psychologically, it was my time to slow down and like have her spend time with me and not have it be such a fast-paced, crazy, hectic life. Because she was working a lot too. Yeah, she was always busy. And it's funny, you know, my mom worked a lot also, and, and you and I are close, it looks, I feel like, around the same age, mm -hmm. and moms did not work back then. Right, exactly. And it was a big right. deal to have your mom not in the house. Yes. Like, you felt like they were, it, it definitely felt a little bit like abandonment, just because everywhere you turned, True. the moms were home, they were picking them up from school, they were cooking, so, and in hindsight, I'm so proud of my mom, but I definitely think... I used to pull that stuff too, like the fake sick or the bad dream just right. so I could get into the bed, right. like the few things just to get those moments right. of like calm. That nurturing, yeah, loving, just 
yeah, that connection with her. That's so interesting. So you were 32. How did you find out you were sick? I was actually, I mean, because I was always sick growing up, I always had anxiety and I always had sleep issues and I always had constipation and I had lots of ailments. I always had, I was always tired. So I was like chronically fatigued. So I never knew what probably the symptoms would be for cancer. Because you always felt I always felt kind of crappy. Yeah. So I was getting a massage one day and interestingly enough, usually you lay down but I, she had me sit up. So I was sitting I just got up. The chills. Yeah. I know. And she was massaging my neck and my collarbone and my shoulders. And I had a lymph node on my collarbone, like inside my collarbone. And she felt this, this lump. And she said, You got you need to get that checked out. You should not have a swollen lymph node on that in that area. Your neck is one thing, but the that area is another. So she, so I went to the doctor right away and he didn't even nothing, he just basically felt it. And he was like, oh my God, that is cancer. And it was like, holy like without shit. Without a blood test. Without nothing. a blood test, without. They would and, never do that today, I by know. the way. <laughs> it, that's what's so Isn't kinda, that funny, the is. difference? Yeah. Yes. And then I had a biopsy and then it did come back. It came back as an early stage of cancer. Do you, did you, have you ever seen that masseuse again? No. And I don't even know what happened to you her. you just feel like she was an angel Thank dropped God. in your life? Yep. Yep, she saved my life. I always say wherever you are, thank you very much. You talk to her like in that way? Uh-huh. I mean, that's amazing. It was amazing. And so you were diagnosed. Now you're 32. You have a career. You were with your... Oh, I was with my husband. Fia- was he a fiance at that point? No. Okay, so, so was I was married. And oh, you were got, married already? I was married. Okay. And then we had just moved to LA like a year prior. Um, hated LA because I love New York because it was just easier. It's a hard transition. It was a hard transition. And everything was so spread out here, you know, just, and we didn't really know anybody. We hadn't had kids. We hadn't infiltrated our life here. So I wasn't that happy. I did have, like, I thought the dream job of all dream jobs. I was working, I just had gotten a job with Vogue magazine. Amazing. That is the dream job. It was the Devil Wears Prada. Was your boss awful? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We won't go into that, right? No, we should. I mean, that's so juicy. <laughs> it was so intense. It was like my parents times 10. And be, I was so seduced by the Vogue thing because I love clothes and fashion and all of that and style. And then I just, so six months in, I got diagnosed. And they weren't so happy with the whole scenario. But it You're was- like, really? Yeah. I have cancer. I know. It was <laughs> can, not Can you like withdraw how you're like, you're-, you're <laughs> With them. But, wow, really? They weren't understanding at all? They were understanding to a to degree. A degree. And then when it affected them, not so much. Exactly. Exactly. And then they kept saying, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? After I'd had the radiation treatment. But talk to me the moment okay. about getting the diagnosis. So the diagnosis like, was terrifying. Scared, right. Scared as hell. Like Scared as hell. Thought I was going to die. Like physically, what did you feel? Do you remember? Nauseous. Um, couldn't even think straight right. and basically thought, okay, this is the end or I'm going to be like, this is the, I mean, I'm going to probably be sick now and fight this for a long period of time. I don't know how long this is my life. This is kind of what I've been dealt and this is going to be my life. Oh yeah. It was, it was really awful. It was. And did you feel like you might, did you think you could die? Yeah, absolutely. Even at an early stage. Cause you don't really know. I didn't never know, know enough about it. And also you never know. In general, we never know about anything. But And so you're 32 with the feeling that you might, like, did you at that moment, what were you thinking about your life too? Like, were there things that made you like, so kids. I hadn't had kids. Um, My life was just starting. And I was absolutely like, wow, this sucks. Because I did have something happen to me that I haven't talked about a lot. 
it was really weird. When I was 18, my mom took me to an astrologist and she, basically I was dating this boy when I was 18 and I know she didn't really like him. Um, and I thought she was, was your mom into astrology. She was kind, that kind of, of surprises. Yeah, me. I know she loved, she dabbled in like some of those things and she took me to the astrologist and I thought she was taking me because she was like this. She wanted this woman to tell me this guy isn't good for me, <laughs> you know, break up with him. But the woman, I love that that's her tactic. Honestly told me that I was going to have a serious illness by the age of 40 and I might not make it. So, so at so 18, you're, so you're, I got that into my mental What did your thinking. mom say with that? She doesn't remember it, but she wrote it down. She wrote everything down that the astrologist said on a piece of paper and I carried it around in a scrapbook. Your mom doesn't remember that. that. I feel like as a mom, if I heard that about my child. I know. So she must have just blocked it she out. She just blocked it out. Because that would be one of the worst things to so ever So I hear. think that also, along with everything I just told you about, you know, kind of being sick all the time, I think mentally I was scared. You that were doomed. Some, yeah. I would feel the same way. I oh was my God, the astrologer predicted this and she told me I might not make it. Yeah. I. That's why I'm so, I, <gasps> I hate, I'm like really wary of psychics and astrology. I do love that stuff, as you know. But yeah, but weirdly she. I don't want anybody to predict my future. But weirdly, she was... It was not really cool. Not, I know, but like she also at the same time was right. You, you made it, but, but... I'm not sure if I like... Oh, or did you put it manifest? It. I see what you're saying. Like maybe. Uh, who knows, right? But... You never know. It was kind of... It's funny. I say this. I, I couldn't have children myself too, and I always wonder if I manifested it. Because I said that for, since I was so young. I don't think I'm going to be able to have kids. I'll mm -hmm. adopt... And then that's exactly what, what happened. happened. I'm like, so was that me being weirdly in tune with myself or did I put it out right. there? Right. You We're not know. sure. We're never right? sure. Yeah. So that was like, I always think, wow, that was kind of intense. But then again, this whole cancer diagnosis. But then did that come right back to you when you yes. got the diagnosis? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So then, and then I went, I still had the scrapbook and I went and burned that letter. Good for you. By yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And then. I got, then I like started to just jump in and feel like, then it became a gift, you know, this whole diagnosis. So how then, quickly do you feel like you could turn your, how quickly did your perspective shift? I mean, it took, like, I went to three doctors, two of them scared the shit out of me. One of them said to me, this is an early stage. He sat me down, was so wonderful. He was a, a radiologist, oncologist at St. John's. And he said, you know, tell me about your life. You look really stressed. You don't look happy. And I burst into tears and I was like, I'm miserable. I don't like my job. I don't like living here. You know, I miss my friends in New York. I mean, I'm just, I am miserable and I'm not comfortable in my skin that, you know, I, I've, I always had that too. I wasn't even sure of who I was. Which and, is a huge problem. Yeah. In general. Us, yeah. Right. And um, it still took a long time to get comfortable. I'm still not sure I'm 100% comfortable, I but I'm we're always getting more comfortable. Yeah. And so um, I just burst into tears with him. And that was the wake-up call. It was like, holy crap. He's like, stress is just a killer. Being unhappy, all of that. We can take care of this without going into chemo and heavy-duty radiation. Let's see if we can change your life. And that was... That was it. So did you, so were you doing chemo at all? Or? I didn't, I chose not to do chemo and my, I didn't actually get treated by that guy because he was too far away from where I lived, but I found a radiologist at Cedars who was really wonderful, who did half the radiation of what my oncologist recommended. And my, I didn't do any chemo and my oncologist basically fired me, said, I can't, said, treat, I can't you. treat you because I'm worried. What if something did happens to you? Did you ever send him your final, like when you were in remission? Yes. Did you ever send yeah, him your I did because when my husband was diagnosed... We went back to the same office. 
That is crazy. So I know. I know we have so much yeah. to talk about. Yeah. So, so that doctor who was far away really changed your life in so many ways so because many this ways. became the core of who you are today and what yeah. you do. Yeah. So talk about. So here you are doing a lesser treatment, but how did you begin to make the changes in your life? So I actually. To make a long story short, my mom also make it as long as you want. <laughs> was was what went to a health ranch in Tecate, Mexico called Ranch La Puerta. And it was then called the fat farm or it was the dry out, you know, alcohol dry out or drug dry out place. It was really and she would go there regularly. She would go because she had asthma. So she would take like a bunch of women from Phoenix. I grew up in Phoenix and to this Tecate, Mexico for seven days. And they would all, you know, just kind of like try to lose weight. They all had the same issues we have today. And I went with her about five times. I hated it tall. I mean, it was like, I didn't want to be off the grid. I didn't, as a teenager, want to be with older women. And it was just like, I didn't want to exercise. And they meditated and they did yoga and they hiked and and they grew all their own food and they didn't have any sugar. And it was just really like, and they had lectures at night that I was like bored stiff with, but I must have like infiltrated and retained some of that information because when I got diagnosed, I went back to those days and I was like, wow, I watched my mom go off of her asthma medication after she had been there seven days. Women were sleeping. Women were not anxious. You know, there were all kinds of issues that they, in seven days, these women were so much happier. So I knew that I knew that I could make some of these changes and do, especially LA was so great. Mrs. Gooch's, yes. L, you know, Beverly Hills Juice was right down the street. Erewhon was this crappy little place on Edinburgh and Beverly. Right. But it at least existed. Yeah. There was like so much stuff that existed. And there was also more natural paths and acupuncturists here. And so I, I just kind of like, slowly. yeah, I just slowly, I became vegan. I started doing yoga, like more Kundalini yoga with, um, the place that Golden um, Bridge, Golden Bridge, yep, Love. which was that got me through my divorce. Yep. I get it <laughs> absolutely. Um, meditation was a little tough, and then I went into therapy. I needed a lot of therapy. I did years of therapy because I knew I had these thought patterns. My mind was toxic, and I had thought patterns that weren't serving me anymore. And so you, you got better. I got better. I did the radiation. Got better. Went back to work. So you did go back to. I work. I did go back to work. Got shingles. Because I went back to work too early and um, then quit. And How soon after did it take before you quit? I just basically probably, I went six months. I couldn't do it anymore. And then I ended up getting a really great job that was a little more low key, still in the advertising business. And then I had my first daughter. Um, but then after that, I got hypothyroidism because they radiated my thyroid. So I went into like, I did have another big health issue crisis because I wasn't sleeping and I had anxiety and depression and nobody could diagnose it. And finally someone like a OBGYN who was a women's anti-aging doctor in Beverly Hills. I don't know if you know, Dr. Uzi Rice. Oh, I've heard. Yeah. I've heard of him. He's like a bit of a kook, but he's really good at diagnosing and anti-aging. And he diagnosed me with high hypothyroidism. So once I got on medication, I kind of got back into alignment. In that interim, I had three miscarriages. Wow. I know. So then I got pregnant and then I had my first daughter. So it's funny. So you made a lot of, so you were still eating the way you were, you started, you were eating way cleaner and vegetarian and plant-based and all of that stuff, but you were still struggling with the the final life changes, it seems like. Exactly. So when did you feel like you made the real shift? Yeah. I like that inner shift. The inner shift was, oh, God, maybe it didn't happen until after the kids. Um, Look, kids, but, kids yeah. throw you off your train. Exactly. I mean, they throw then the train off the tracks, I, I should got, say. 
I had the fir- my first child, then I got Hashimoto's diagnosed. I mean, you are just, it's crazy. It is a little crazy. And then um, ended up having my second child. And then I... I didn't really, I was still dabbling in the good food and I was, you know, doing like E3 live and, um, eating vegan, but also not really healthily because I didn't know how to really eat. I was eating probably more carb related vegan And I want to talk to you about that later too. So, um, I was going to naturopaths and I was getting colonics and I was trying to just investigate everything. I was better, but I don't think I ever felt great. But I still better and I was still, but I feel like I still kind of was struggling along and trying to make it all work. Um, And my energy was still a little bit on the low side and I still had the anxiety, but I was put on hypothyroidism. I was put on Synthroid. I was put on like a um, antidepressant because of all of the sleep stuff and anxiety and stuff. Yeah. So I was definitely taking it. So I felt better with the pills. You know, so then your husband gets sick. He gets sick eleven With years. The same, after. same. No, he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he basically we got at it, this was like so interesting because the new year we were visiting his mom in Florida, and remember when the body scans were really popular? Yes. So he had had this lymph node on his neck. A lot for of big a while. corporations were doing it. Right. For their, yeah. Yeah. He had, and it hadn't gone away, and it had a. About a, a bunch of rounds of antibiotics and it hadn't gone away. So he's like, hey, for New Year's, we're going to go get a body scan. I'm like, oh, great. That's a really fun New Year's or holiday oh, gift no. to each other because they were expensive. So we went and got a body scan. His came back perfect. Mine came back with like things in my liver that I had to go get checked out. It was like, really? You're like, you're like this is yeah, relentless. This yeah. is like, I mean, this is enough already. But then um, like a month later, another lymph node showed up on his neck and then the doctor started to get worried. And then he got a biopsy of his tonsil and it came back with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So why didn't the first one get, I mean, that just I makes know, you wonder about those body scans. Scary? So they yeah. didn't pick it up didn't, at all. Didn't pick it up. Um, and it was it was in the area where you, you know, you're just fighting an infection on your neck. But it is a little weird that that doctor you know, didn't pick up that that lymph node didn't get smaller. It got bigger, that one. And then a second one had to come up before they actually went in. So it got a little farther along. So his was more like, yeah. Progressive. And he had two types that were, he was definitely farther along than mine. Mine was like type A, you know, early stage. His was like two to three, stage two to three. And he had a Two types of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and right. one that was a little harder to, Treat. faster growing. Yeah. Now, did he take the same approach you took? No. He oh, just, he put, handed himself over to the doctors and basically got two bone marrow transplants in a year and a half, which is a little bit unheard of, but he was so scared because it kept coming back and um, he ended up getting fungal pneumonia. Was that a hard thing between you guys? Like, were you trying to get him to do a different course? Yes. And the doctors, too, I was trying to get the doctors to help him, like, give him a break so his immune system could recover. But everybody seemed scared. The friends that came to visit him were scared. The doctors were scared. He was scared. I was scared. So we were all in a fear-based mode. Yeah. And I think that was the thing that did us in. And no one wants to feel like they're the ones responsible, if God right. forbid. Right. That I don't think been... he ever got a break to feel like, you know. What's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like, or is it now like not even worth thinking about? Do you feel like if he did some of the other stuff, you would have had a better chance? Yes. Or you do. I you do. can confidently mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. Does that break your heart? Uh-huh. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, because um, 
I think that he was a lot like me. Like he had a, he definitely had, he was an overachiever, a little bit of a toxic mind, didn't feel like good enough, all of those things. And I think that if he had had a chance to really um, build, you know, really work on that and release a lot of those things that were going on with him mentally, he would have been stronger and felt really more confident that he could get through it. And secondly, he was a huge animal protein eater. Not that that gives you cancer. He was a huge sugar eater. Not that that gives you cancer. It's just not great for inflammation. Yeah. And he was always stressed. Like the stress was a 10. He did a great job with what he did, and he had lots of friends, And but he was always taking care of everybody else except for himself. So, I mean, how did you do it? So then, unfortunately, he passed away. So um, yeah. here you are. Like, you're again, it's relentless. Everything for you is relentless. Like, you're finally getting yourself <laughs> in a good funny. place. It's, yeah. And it's like now you, you have two kids at this point. How old are they? Seven and ten. Seven and ten, and he's— now pass away, you've lost the love of your life and to something that I'm sure you're struggling with because you would have done it a little differently. Yeah. I mean, the most basic question, like, where were you at at that point? Well, like, definitely shocked and, like, sort of, you know, frozen um, because and scared, again, shitless. Like, were you working at that point? I was not. Right, I was he say. was the breadwinner. So I was like, holy crap. Oh, what the hell am I going to do? We might have to sell the house. I have to go back to work and I have these two little girls and... And I, they were terrified. Um, they they were old enough to understand, which yes. is so hard. Yeah. And my older one was really close to her dad. Um, so it was, and they just were a wreck. So how am I going to take care of them? How am I going to like, you know, figure out how to financially support myself? I absolutely don't want to go back to work to the old job, you know, because I really didn't love it. So it was, a, it was really a struggle. I mean, I was okay for a couple of years and then, um, I sold the house and because it was a, also a memory of him, um, which they girls weren't happy about. But then I just, I was at lunch with one day with a friend and she said, what do you love to do? Cause I was like, I gotta do something. This is, I mean, I can't just sit back and everybody was a mess. We all three of us. And I said, you know, I think I need to try to go help people with this scenario because I see the trauma that's happened in my life, the trauma that had happened in my husband's life, and then my girls, they are automatically going to think that they're going to get cancer. They have two parents who have cancer. So they're going and then the then they're going to carry this trauma around with them for the rest of their life. And that's what I don't want because I got into a place where I was like, wow, trauma is really and PTSD and yeah. and stress and all that stuff was really killer. killer. So that's when I went back to school and got certified. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I was just the blind leading the blind like for myself and I knew that I wanted to go back. I wanted to help the family first of all. Do you feel like there was something about those two years that gave you time to actually start listening to yourself? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like yeah. something about the grief that yeah. almost kind of prevented you from distraction? Yeah. And then I felt like um, I needed to step up. I need to step up and be a mom and really take care of these girls. And the world is not an easy place. So it was a little easier when I was growing up, but it's not easy now. And here we are in L.A. They're in private school. You know, it, it was intense. It's a lot. It, yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. And, and emotionally, you want to be there for them, too. So right. it's And I didn't know how to be. Um, I was taking care of myself, not really taking care of them. So, but you were taking care of yourself. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, not, you know, yes, I was, I just dove into taking care of myself. And then 
got certified and basically started, you know, helping them a bit, um, got them some self-help book, self-help as well, therapy. If you have so many questions now, and then I definitely want to talk about nutrition, but um, do you believe in reincarnation? Do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe, what do you believe in the world of like afterlife and death? Oh, that's a really good question because well, I do believe that I don't know if I believe in reincarnation. I've never really thought about that. But I do believe that, you know, your soul is still around. Like, like would you talk to him when yes, he passed? I, I do, do. still do I do. Still? And actually just at December, I was having an issue just for myself. And I sat in, sitting on the couch and honestly I felt him next to me. Oh my God. And I know. And I was holding his hand and he's around a lot. He was one of those guys that was overprotective. Right. So he is, and almost like to the point where I have to say, you know, it's time for you to go now. Right, right. <laughs> so you feel him. I do feel him. I do know he's taking care of me. I did do an experience with ayahuasca at one point. Yeah. And I did have a whole conversation with him. What did you get? So that was like about maybe four years after he passed away. And he was a big golfer. Um, and I basically was with him on this gorgeous golf course. And I don't know where it was, but he was like, I'm fine. I am so happy, Alyssa. And you can do this. Like you can, I'm like, I'm not sure I can take care of the girls and, you know, be the mom I'm supposed to be. And I really didn't. I I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was a great mom. So. Look, being a mom's hard. It was. And then, so and then you add all of that. It's, it's like you said, how do you take care of them who are old enough to really need that emotional yeah. resiliency while you're struggling to figure it out for yourself? Yeah. And I had this whole conversation and that also changed me too. It was like, wow. He's like, you, I you got left this. you, you are strong. You can do this. And that also was a big turning point was like, I have to do this and I need to do this. So I'm just so grateful that it all did. Do your girls feel him? Do they ever yeah, feel him? I don't know if they do. Do you ever talk about it? Yes, they do. They want to. My younger one wants to. My older one, I don't know if they do. They want to be able to talk to him. I know that they do talk to him, but I don't think they feel him the way I do. Like I definitely see him around. <laughs> Right. You guys were, I mean, you were. Yeah. We were together a long time. Yeah. So, um, and he also was one of those guys that was like involved in everything. Really? He was a little bit of a, not to say he wasn't feminine at all, but he was, he definitely wanted to know everything. He was. He was, uh, he, he had his feelers in all. His, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's amazing. And so you feel like he's just part of this whole journey and this far. Yes. It's so interesting that your parents still struggle with it because I feel like looking back on your life, as hard as it's been, it all makes a lot of sense. Like mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense where you've ended up, not only the desires of wanting to do what you want to do, but why you started studying. I mean, your mom was very much part of it. That's yeah. what she doesn't realize. I Weirdly, know. like the astrologist yeah. and the place in Mexico. I mean, it was Mexico, was, right? Yeah. So much of that is part of what actually gave you the inspiration. Definitely have to say that I have two parents that are incredibly strong and incredibly like that. My dad was one of those people that never stopped till he found an answer. 
He ended up sadly having a bike accident five years ago. He's going to be 90, though. My dad just turned 90. He did? Yeah, this summer. And Past he, summer. But he had he damaged every part of his brain. Ugh. And he was still working at 85. Yeah. Um, but now he hasn't been able to in the last five years. And he's not really present. It's so hard to see. But he did have that in him. He was like, he was a go-getter. And he was like, I'm not going to stop till I get an answer to this. Whether it's a good or a bad answer, he just... And I have that in me. It was like... Uh, I got, I actually, it came up more so. I was like, I'm not going to stop till I find the answer. Because you also like really created a career in a world where it's not like today someone's like, oh, I'm going to go study this and I want to do this. You started creating a world where it wasn't fully created yet. I feel like there weren't a ton of holistic nutritionists no. when you were coming through your past. So that's True. what I find it so fascinating starting. about it. It's when you decided to really start taking care of business, you were going into a world that, like you said, was just starting. Um, so you went to school. Yeah. Do you feel like that changed everything for yep. you? Yeah, it was a great school. It was a school in Beverly Hills. It was the American University of Complementary Medicine. And um, it was a whole program of Western nutrition modalities, biology. Then it was all Eastern. We did Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, herbal remedies, flower essence remedies, and supplements. And it was really, really good. And then we learned about all the different diet modalities and all the indigenous diets. It was it was fabulous. And then I got hired when I graduated by Cafe Gratitude to put a cleanse together for them. So that's, that's how my cleansing and that's amazing started. So then, how did you? So does your does your family? Because now you're remarried. Um, does everyone in your family kind of follow suit? Does everyone eat the way you eat? Do they follow your program? Are they yogis? Absolutely not. <laughs> Interesting. But they're starting to, my daughter works for Kelsey Patel. Right, who works at, for us. We love yes, her. Amazing who I absolutely master. love. And I can't even, I'm like, every day I'm like, thank my lucky stars that she's with her because I think Kelsey is such a great influence on Jordan. And Jordan is like a really sensitive, beautiful soul. And I think that eventually she's going to get into, she's great with kids. And I think she's going to get into some type of healing with kids because she is magical with That's that. A beautiful thing. Um, but they, they definitely, you know, her favorite food is Domino's pizza and, and, and the other one, my Sammy also too, they kind of like, they, they love it and they hate it at the same time, the whole nutrition or vegan nights or by green juices. And so do you cook like at home? I have somebody who cooks. I do, you know, I used to, but I don't now, but my assistant is a fabulous cook. So she cooks for dinner for us and we do a lot of vegan now, do you, now you only eat vegan, I'm right? 80% vegan. Oh, 80%. Okay, got it. So you do, so do you like, quote unquote, mess up? Do you allow yourself yes. to have, like, I, what's your, what's your weakness? My weak, my weakness is like probably pizza too and carbs and I came from oh, Arizona, carbs. so chips and guacamole and yep. a strong like tequila or shot of tequila <laughs> is my favorite thing in the entire world. So, but pasta and the Italian food What's your is, go-to tequila? My go-to tequila is Dragonis. Okay. Yeah, it's the House of the Dragon. It is the best tequila on the market. And I'll have to get some. Yeah, you will. <laughs> it's so smooth. Um, it sells out like at Bevmo and all these places, but it's pretty awesome. So talk to me a little bit about, hey, let's, for a lot of people, what's the difference of just a nutritionist and a holistic nutritionist? I would say a holistic nutritionist and on my and what I do is like I was saying earlier like if a client comes in to see me I am destined to get to the like root cause of why they are having some health issues or ailments and that is physical and mental 
So I love to deal with both. So I've been involved with the energy healing for 10 years. I'm not an energy healer, but I feel like I can tap in and ask the right questions to find out energetically why they're where they're at. Because sometimes it started so early in their life. I mean, the first seven years of your life, your subconscious is fully downloaded. So if anything happened in those first seven (laughs) years, I know. I wish I had known that. That's a scary thought. I wish I had known that when I had kids. I didn't. But yeah. So if you had I got five more years of mine. (laughs) Right. You're lucky. You're lucky. So now that you know that, but if you had like the parents got divorced, had trauma, just some things that happened to you. And if you're a sensitive soul, you know, it can, it can really set you on a path where it's, you're in a fear-based mode. So your body's a little bit more like in sort of stressed and tense. And you know, body doesn't work so well when it's like that, right? Absolutely. So things like that. And then I really love to like get people better sooner. So I have investigated all the herbal remedies and that have been around for centuries. And that's kind of what I'm doing now is I healed from Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism with the herbal remedies. I lowered my viral loads and my pathogen and my viruses and my bacteria and my toxins. We all have it. Absolutely. With things that have been around for centuries. So like bioactive silver or, you know, when, or things like lemon balm or licorice root extract or I mean, they, you know, and it's pure stuff that it's not like a, I love liquids because it gets into the bloodstream and into the body really fast. So I use a lot of that and, or just Ester C that's a really high quality that's been around forever. So that's, that's, I think a holistic nutritionist is someone that does a little bit. You look at it globally. Yeah. So how, if you, what do you think the most, if someone who never does anything, what do you feel like the one biggest change someone can do to just start getting on the right path? That is such a hard question because I think today um, that stress we've been talking about and what you do is probably one of the biggest things, you know, to come and meditate at a beautiful place, to sit quietly, to have, to give yourself some space in that brain of yours. We're all losing space. I mean, that's what's so scary. That's like the adrenals. We're just living in the on position. And we've got to get in an off position more often. When that on button gets stuck, that's when we get into trouble. So like, I mean, look, that's actually, I struggle with that. Because I mean, I feel like I'm a go, 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 go. And now that I have a, you know, a, ch- a two-year-old at home and it's starting to get a little better, but it is like, it's so hard to carve the space. Like what advice do you have to carve it? Wow, I know. It is, well, it is basically you have to put it in your calendar of even five minutes. Yeah. Um, if you can't come to like the den, um, you have an app on your phone and you listen to a five-minute meditation or you at least give yourself that time to not look at the computer, to not look at your phone, to just, you know, not watch TV or the news. Right, and just quiet. quiet and have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, whatever you like, but there has has to be five minutes. Yeah. But we don't. Isn't do it that. funny how five minutes becomes difficult to find? It is really, it is. And I know because I'm a type A and Aries and the whole thing. But you're I Aries know. Too. I'm an Aries. I know. That's, I know. That's how we get along. So well. <laughs> that's, that's why you're attracted to each other. But now I, like, it took me a year last year to put my phone downstairs or away from my bed. I can't believe I'm embarrassed to say that. I was addicted to Instagram and social media. And now, like, at 10 or 11, when I go upstairs, I leave my phone downstairs. It's 
It's so smart. You know, we were just, we did a nice trip for the holidays, which I purposely like to get away. It really helps me. Mm -hmm. And I was barely on my phone. I mean, the universe was really working for me. My email stopped working five minutes after we landed. Like, literally just stopped working unless we were on Wi-Fi and we were in a van. So we didn't have Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's awesome. And it became great because after two days, I stopped even looking for my phone because there was no point. Like, my husband had his, so I'd look, be like, what's the time? Like, whatever I needed it for. If I was going to post something, I would find an area to post. And that was it. I wasn't even looking for the results because it didn't matter. I was like, yeah, posted, done. It was so amazing. Like just the amount of books I got to read. It just changes. I know. It's crazy. The phone is so difficult because you get everything. You get your information. It's your alarm. It's your fun. It's your way of communicating. It's your way of staying in touch. I mean, it's just everything. I know. So it's like the good and the bad, which I know we all talk about a lot. But And then sleep. Sleep. So let's talk about sleep. I'm a horrible sleeper. Really? Horrible. I mean, like I said, I've been sick the last few days, and my husband's been very gracious about leaving the room and take—we have a lot of dogs, too. And two sleep with us. The old ones always sleep with us, and the old ones are the ones that get up a million times in the night and have to go to the bathroom and all of that. And I'm the one who hears it. I hear everything. So the last two nights, he's been lovely, where I'm like, please, just give me the—I need silence. And even then, I realize I'm still up all the time. I just toss— and turn. When they're there, though, it's worse because I'm just a very light sleeper. So my poor husband, like, he can barely even snore. But if he breathes, even like, I'm like, oh, like, it's just I'm awake. Yeah. So, like, what are your recommendations for that? A, I need to be better about length for sure. But, like, what do you do? Like, how do people, I know sleep is so important. So, because that's when the body regenerates, rejuvenates, you know, it just, it it heals at night. And especially from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., there's a four-hour window where it does all that work. And that's when your digestive system's working. That's when your, like, your liver is changing things from toxic over to safety things so it can eliminate them out of the body in the morning. So 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And I know most people that come in to see me, they're like, 10 p.m. So like people should start getting ready for bed and be in bed before 10 is what you're saying. So that's the sleeping at 10. Yeah. But I do, I do 11. I kind of give myself a little room, but it's, I mean, sleep is that, that's where that on position that we were talking about earlier comes into play. Because if you're in the on position, your cortisol and your adrenaline is pumping through your veins, and then you actually don't ever, it gets stuck. So cortisol is constantly pumping throughout the day. So melatonin never has a chance to kick in because your cortisol is high in the morning and then it goes down as time goes on throughout the day. And then that's when the melatonin kicks in. So it gets you ready to, for sleep. So it's, it's really stress is really killing us with the sleep. I mean, but there are great things to do out there for supplements to take, herbal remedies to take for sleep. I mean, nowadays, a lot of people are doing marijuana and CBD and which does work as well too. Um, But we got to figure out a way to like calm ourselves down. Magnesium is, some clients just take magnesium. The magnesium calm. I used to do that. Now magnesium calm has a sleep one with all different kinds of herbal stuff like L-theanine. I should probably go back and start doing that. So it's great. But I know that some clients just take a couple of magnesium capsules before they go to bed and that's enough for them. So there's definitely and like great supplements and herbs to take, but to relax us. But those are the two things that are just doing a number on our sleep, sleep and, and stress. stress. And then the two water. S's. What? Oh my God, you're naming all of mine. I'm horrible as that. <laughs> I always, 
cabin. It runs in my family. We do really? not like water. You do not like water. My grandmother, my mom, and I. My grandmother used to, I used to always see her like pouring like apple juice into her water. My mom, right. the lemon. Yeah. I've learned with me if it's tea, I do herbal teas uh-huh. for that reason because I'll yeah. drink them or fizzy, like carb, which I know is not great. Carbonate water is not great, right? No. But it's the only thing I'll drink. So talk to me about that. Let's talk about water. A, as my daughter says, fizzy wawa. Water <laughs> is, it basically is like, you know, we're that we're made of water and um we we need the water because we're so dehydrated when we wake up because our body has been doing all this work so we need the water to like flush the toxins out of the body and also you know our you know you can imagine when you don't have enough water you're kind of like shriveled up a little bit dry that's what the inside of the body looks like so it's really all about hydration and mentally you won't be clear-headed you won't flush toxins out of the body. They'll stay in the body. I mean, it's just one of those things that we have to do. And especially when we wake up, 16 ounces is kind of a must before we have coffee. Most people don't do that so that we can start the day not behind the eight ball. I don't drink water with my meals. And I am I agree with you. I'm bored of water. I, I have a hard I'm time. I'm yeah. really bored. So what I do, I mean, I actually got involved in this incredible water company. I'm going to tell me. That's brand new, but it's called Halstein. And it comes from Austria. It's just being shipped to the U.S. now. It's a family that took 20 years to find a natural spring. They investigated every water on the market. It has, it's, it has the natural pH balance. They don't pump it. It just naturally comes up. And it has all the minerals we need because minerals are what really help the water go into the cells. So I've been getting those water bottles. They're not cheap, by the way. So I'm not sure. It's like right. for five gallons, it's $100 a bottle. It's like really pricey. It's nothing like Arrowhead or any But I'm others. horrible. Even if I bought Arrowhead, I drink two sips and then the yeah. whole bottle sits there. Right. I, used to, I have all the best intentions. Right. It's just to get me to actually ingest the water. Water. You need something need else like in a, it. Yeah. I know. Lemon in it is great because, yeah. but there's also this Ultima Replenisher hydrating powder that's on the market. It is sweetened with a little bit of stevia. And stevia is, you know, not a lot of people like the taste, but it is the one sugar that doesn't create more bad bacteria in your gut. So right. it kind of helps the gut stay intact. But you, all you have to do, it has vitamins and minerals in this powder. It's a lifesaver for me. You just put a little in. You don't have to put a lot to make it too sweet. And it does make the water taste really good. And so what about like fizzy water? Fizzy water usually has salt, sodium right. in it. So that's not usually a good thing. And your body, your digestion has to sort of like change it over to regular water. You know, it it doesn't know so it's how like to... overcomplicating. Yeah. It doesn't so know what about like the soda fizzy. stream, the thing where you at home can do it? Yeah. I mean, it's better. It's better than no water. Exactly. It's, but it's better than great. no water. Yeah. The best is just really natural spring. <laughs> Mineral water. Minerals. We're, we're more deficient in minerals, minerals than we are vitamins today because so, our foods don't have it. Plant-based versus meat. I know you said that you're 80%. Yeah. What is your philosophy on it? And like, and talk about the philosophies where people say, oh, it depends on your body type. Some people are meat eaters, some are this. What would you say to that? I basically say that you really have to pay attention to you personally yourself because I know what you mean. I was the, I read the blood type diet. I'm an O, so it said I'm a meat eater, but I didn't want to eat meat. But I ate meat because I read the blood type diet and I'm an O. Right. So I feel like everything in moderation here for everybody. I think that there's a lot of documentaries out there that are freaking people out with meat or, you know, just 
There's also all these diet modalities that are pushing people to more meat. You know, it's like crazy the amount of information. But I think that we all know when we overdo something, absolutely, you feel it, right? So the palm of my hand, which is not very big, is like I think it's like three or four ounces of meat. It's like so small. I know you don't realize how small it is. That's thirty grams of protein. And we only need like so much protein per day and our body can only break it down so much. You take your weight and you divide it by, I think it's three. Is it three? Yeah. And you basically, that's ample enough protein. So it's like anywhere from 46 to 56 grams. And, but if you're working out, you need more. And if you're pregnant, you need more. But so basically like in, in like a little piece of chicken or fish or you know, you get it for the whole day. You get it like can. Right. So we're just overdoing it, I think. Um, But we do need, you know, some people do need a complete protein. So people are freaking out. So you're you're more about moderation. I'm more about moderation. Eliminating something entirely. Exactly. Exactly. But you, but clearly you're very, a fan of the plant-based because you did that, especially through the cancer, right? So Talk about that. I am such a big fan of the plant-based because I feel like our cells aren't getting the nutrients they need. That's the biggest thing that's happening these days. Our digestive system isn't working, so we're not breaking down food enough to get the minerals and the vitamins and the antioxidants into our cells. So plants have more of that than the rest of the food on the planet. So fruits and vegetables are high in that. So you have a better chance of getting the nutrients to the cells if you eat more plant-based Bottom line. Right. That's why I'm a big juicer. I juice every day almost, but I don't ever put fruit in it because it's too much sugar. Right. But I feel like the the vitamins, minerals, antioxidants get into your bloodstream and can go into the cells very easily with the juice. What's your favorite juice? So my favorite juice is just, it's going to sound so boring, but (laughs) celery, cucumber, lemon, ginger, turmeric. No, I would drink that. And it can be romaine. No, like, I would drink that. Just simple. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It's the celery cleanses your liver. I love celery. Cucumber cleanses your kidneys. I love cucumber. <laughs> lemon cleanses, you know, your intestines. Love lemons. Ginger is love ginger. Immune like it's like anti-inflammatory. Right? <clears throat> Turmeric is anti-inflammatory. Romaine is, has protein and lots of vitamins. And fiber, oh, right? Right. Yeah. Spinach. Well, actually, when you juice it, you don't have a, not, a lot of fiber. But I do put flax seeds in the juice, so I get the extra fiber. So that's kind so of So speaking my... of which, let's talk about, like, the superfoods. Like, I feel like there became a huge trend on superfoods. Yes. Are the, is that still a thing? That's still a thing. Okay. So people and, are, and growing. And growing. <laughs> so is it, like, I joke, like, there was a, there's, like, a vegetable craze that happens. Like, years ago, it was beets. Then it became, you know, Brussels sprouts. Then it became, you know, it always changed. Then it was kale. Right. Then it was cauliflower. <laughs> is that the same thing with superfoods? Like, a new one pops up yep. and it becomes the hot. Like, absolutely. Every industry has a trend. And I feel like in yours, it might be superfoods. It is superfoods. Yeah. So how do you feel about trends? Are you, like, all for it? Because it gets people to eat that like um yes and no because again it's the same thing as the plant animal you know and we overdo it right we just like we're like oh my god that's chia seeds yeah chia (laughs) seeds we're gonna have them every day or hemp seeds or a maki berries or goji berries or you know we're gonna do it every day because it's gonna change our life so again i think they're fabulous but in moderation right and just know what everyone actually provides and right so what's the big one now i think what's scary too one thing is um i love erewhon you know i just absolutely love it except for the price you pay when you walk out the door, but you go to the tonic bar and you get those tonics with the lion's mane and the deer antler and the reishi <laughs> and the cordyceps in your like 
drink and you walk out with this drink and it's like, I don't know, I never feel good after that because it's like a lot of stuff your body isn't used to. So I think that's one thing that I have trouble with is like people go in and think, Ooh, this is going to be a lot. No, then their body expels it all. Exactly. I joke like with cafe gratitude a lot that I was like, that's a lot of gratitude. (laughs) That's a lot of (laughs) Right. Exactly. Because if you're not used to it, it's definitely, it hacks your system. Yeah. That's why I do, um, Things um, like individually, I do reishi um, on its own mostly, you know, I do, or the cordyceps or chaga. I don't put everything together or maca on its own. I want to see how I respond to these things. But I do love, there's one adaptogen herb out there that I can't live without. It's holy basil. Holy basil. Tulsi tea. So Tulsi tea is made with holy basil. It's the queen of herbs, and it absolutely does everything for you. I mean, it balances your hormones. It balances your stress. So getting it this. It tastes like tea. So it doesn't taste herbally. It doesn't taste mushroomy or tonic No caffeine. No caffeine. This is perfect for me. This is my water replacement. <laughs> it's your water replacement. And if you feel feeling low energy, it brings your energy up. If you're feeling like hyped, it'll bring your energy down. It's like, So it's magic. It's magic. I love that. That's By the way, this my... has been super informative. <laughs> I mean, you've given us so many incredible tips. So one question I do have, because a lot of times you keep saying, minus the price tag, minus the price tag. What advice do you have for people who don't have the funds? Like an average human who's either young and struggling or just, you know, trying to pay the bills. They have kids in this and they don't have the extra income. You know, it's easier to get by the canned food and like throw it on the stove. I mean, life is life. What kind of advice do you give for people for that to start creating a more holistic healthy lifestyle for themselves. That is so true because um, there's a documentary out called Heal, and it talks a lot about this, where, you know, this whole natural healing method is expensive because you go to a Reiki person or you go to Erewhon or you, you know, you get acupuncture or colonics. I mean, all of that is expensive. organic food. And and organic food and all that. So what I tell people is um, you don't have to do all of that, but you can download, you know, meditation app or like just our, or yoga app and do it at home, those kind of things for the stress. And, um, then also shop the farmer's markets if you can. I know Mill America and the weather that we're, you know, they're having, it's a little bit trickier, I'm sure, but farmer's markets really are the place to go for cheaper organic, you know, farm to table kind of fresh food, or if it's whole foods that where it's organic and it's cheaper, I mean, they have made it accessible or Trader Joe's has great stuff. Um, I read somewhere that you said that you, you had a misconception of what was healthy. Like you thought you were eating healthy. So like, what would that, cause that I think is a good piece okay. of advice then for people who are at home trying to like yeah. live a healthy lifestyle yeah. in an affordable way. So the, the real ticket to that is real food is to eat real apples, you know, not get dried apples or or um, to eat, to get frozen broccoli and um, frozen, you know, veggies and like stir fry them or roast them or eat real food. Like don't buy processed food. That is the biggest thing of all. The chemicals in the processed food is killing us. So it's just about going back to the basics. It's getting, you know, just buying eggs or, uh, or you know, real chicken and cooking the chicken and roasting the veggies. And, and that already is 10 steps ahead. Yeah. So that's a simple piece of advice that I think people can incorporate. Right. And the quinoa or the rice or the brown rice. I mean, it's pretty easy these days. I mean, you can steam up some rice and roast some veggies and, right, roast a chicken. Absolutely. And and you can have a perfect meal. This has been so amazing. To bring it full circle – 
because I think what you've done so incredibly with your life is you really tuned into what you were supposed to be doing. And now you're healthy, number one, and you're yeah. happy and you're, you have your family unit and have, you have love again and you still get to talk to your ex-husband. I mean, yeah, we're, exactly. well, how do you call that? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, how, what advice would you give someone to tune inward to figure out what it is they're supposed to be doing? Cause like you said, so much stress and unhappiness and just, health issues are caused by people that aren't in tune with themselves. And so a lot of what we talk about here is the minute you know yourself, you're just happier and life becomes easier. So yeah. what kind yeah. of advice would you give for that? That is such a good question because um, that's a hard one to answer. Because uh, I know for me, it was doing therapy and doing the energy healing was really what got me to tune in um, to myself. But I know like there are some really fabulous books out there, you know, in terms of um, tuning in. I mean, Gabby Bernstein, you know, has a whole series of books about really just getting back in touch with who you really are as a person and um, trying to like, just lower the walls of, you know, the things that aren't serving you, you know, just all of your preconceptions of life or preconceptions of how life is supposed to be. Um, Marianne Williamson is another great yeah. one. I mean, there's so many like, um, I know that, you know, there, there was a couple of books that I <clears throat> read, which Dying to Be Me by Anita Morajami, which is about cancer and almost dying, but she comes back. Um, it basically talks about how, you know, she realized that life was worth living, but she had to live it a different kind of way. And, <clears throat> excuse me, she had to get in touch with who she really was and what she really wanted. Um, and it's, there's, books out there that are really fabulous. Um, is it the like four agreements or that eh? one? Yeah. There, there's just, I, I guess I would recommend like picking up resources. resources. Is there a documentary? I know you mentioned Heal that's out there now. Heal is fabulous. And it's actually on Netflix right now and you can rent it for $4.99. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> there, a friend of mine is doing a screening this Saturday with it, but, um, and I'm having dinner tonight with one of the producers. Cause I, I, I mean, I was riveted by it cause that was sort of me. Um, the medical medium is, um, somebody who was one of my doc. He's not a doctor. He's a medium, but he helped me with my healing of Hashimoto's. He has three books out that are great. I mean, that sounds fascinating. He's really fascinating. He also has um, like some podcasts or Pandora audios, which you can listen to that are all about like really getting back in touch with yourself and figuring out like all this stress and all these health issues are coming from that deeper place of not being happy, not knowing yourself and not really knowing what you want, not having a passion and a purpose in your life. And that is a lot of us. I most mean, of us. Most I feel of like us. that's the hard, that's most of our journeys. It's so hard. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. thank you so much. This is, I mean, you were such an inspiration. I mean, to really thank conquer so much me. of what you did and like get on point. And it's, I, I mean, feel blessed. and the fact you are helping people every day and thank you for helping us. Cause I have like 20 <laughs> notes that now I have to like act on. <laughs> now, you have, now I'm going to have to follow yeah, up you with have to you follow up see with if me. you've done them. Yeah. How's your water intake? How's your sleep? So right. thank you so much. We'll get you sleeping. We'll get you drinking more water. Let's see how you feel just with those two things. I love it. Now, Alyssa's going to read a quote of hers and a mantra that's gotten you through a lot and that you find inspirational. Yes, yes. Um, being plagued by a host of chronic symptoms is not inevitable and does not have to be your fate. You do not have to be regulated to a life of pills for every ill 
or a life of symptoms and disease. Your body has the ability to heal beyond what you've been led to believe. And you have much more control over your health than you have ever been taught. There is an explanation for why you feel sick and tired. It's not just normal aging or bad genes, but you have to give your body the ingredients it needs to mobilize its self-healing response daily. That's amazing. Where is that from? That is from a doctor, Aviva Ram. She basically, I love her. She's another great book um, for women, or actually men too, but about adrenals and anti-aging and just also she got trained in the herbal remedies in her early days. She's in New York. She's a functional MD. That's incredible. And basically that is sort of now what I live by. Like I just tell people at every age, you know, you don't have to feel like this. And it should make people feel less trapped. Like a diagnosis isn't just one little box. It could be like the box that the key that opens Opens everything. Yeah. That's what it did for me you know, for all of it. So, I mean, if I hadn't gone through all of these issues, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. No. Right. So I like, I can't like, I pinch myself, even though it's crappy when you're going through it. No, but it always leads you somewhere. Light at the end of the tunnel, sort of speak. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I hope it inspires others like it inspired me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you, you for do being great here. Things. I love what you've created. So it's really impressive. That. Really, really impressive. So thank you. 